88K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. Hong Kong officials attending the APEC summit in Bangkok say they've been promoting the SAR to the business sector there. The police arrest three people suspected of being involved in a hit and run that left a teenager in hospital. And North Korea launches a missile possibly capable of reaching the United States. Members of the government's delegation in Bangkok say they've been promoting Hong Kong to the business sector there and have received positive feedback. Speaking to reporters at the APEC summit, the director of the Hong Kong Economic and Trade Office in Bangkok said they've explained to Thai investors the latest COVID policies in Hong Kong as they may not be up to date as to how much the SAR has opened up. While Thailand is now fully open to international travellers, Lee Xiong Yun said it understands and respects the fact that Hong Kong has put in place certain COVID curbs relevant to its situation. Of course, there could always be some concern because we are not a completely reopened place. But I always tell them that basically we are largely reopened and uh, we have very clear policy. This is one major strength of Hong Kong indeed, that you can get all the information online. And with the work of the Economic Trade Office, we can also provide personalized service in addressing individual needs and let them know how our policy and measures will apply to each and every case. Chief Executive John Lee says the economy in Asia, driven by mainland China's development, will be a highlight of the global economy. In a recorded speech at Asia Global Dialogue, an economic forum hosted by the University of Hong Kong, Mr Lee said increasing inflation and interest rates, as well as geopolitical tensions, are slowing down the growth of the world's economy, but things are looking up in Asia. There is a more optimistic picture here in Asia. In the same forecast... The IMF projected that growth in emerging and developing Asia would accelerate from 4.4% in 2022 to 4.9% in 2023, bolstered by growth in the mainland. I'm confident that Asia is a bright spot in the global economy and will be an abundant source of economic opportunities in the years ahead. He added that Hong Kong is the freest economy in the world and is eager to cooperate with other economies in rebuilding confidence in regional development. The police say they've arrested three people in connection with a hit and run in Yunlong last week that left a teenager hospitalised. A 14-year-old boy suffered multiple injuries after being hit by a car near Castle Peak Road. The driver left the scene after the crash and the vehicle in question was later found burnt out. Officers said they picked up the driver on suspicion of dangerous driving, causing grievous bodily harm and driving without a licence. The suspect, along with two others, were accused of perverting the course of justice for allegedly setting the vehicle on fire. Former RTHK producer Bao Choi has been allowed to take her unlawful car search case to Hong Kong's top court. The appeal court granted her leave to appeal, citing a point of law of great and general importance that's reasonably arguable. Nearly two weeks ago, it upheld a lower court's conviction that Ms Choi made false statements when accessing the government's vehicle registration database. She did so while probing the Yunlong mob attack in 2019. Ms Choi now says she's trying to be calm about the case, saying she wants to persevere no matter what. When I decide to take the case to appeal against the judgment last year, I have already prepared that I may have the chance to go to the court of final appeal. So I, I didn't really like have a lot of bothers or worries about the consequence, whether I will win or lose the case. I guess what I'm doing is just like trying to continue to pursue justice 
and I understand that I'm not doing that by myself. The daily COVID caseload on the mainland has topped 25,000, up from some 23,000 the day before. Guangdong province was among the hardest hit, with more than 10,000 infections. A majority of the cases were from Guangzhou, where authorities are stepping up infection control measures and the construction of makeshift hospitals and quarantine facilities. Infectious diseases expert Leung Chi Chu has backed the government's decision to halve the number of compulsory PCR tests for airport arrivals to two, saying he doesn't see the move affecting the local epidemic. Speaking on RTHK, Dr Leung explained that the threat from travellers is relatively small now, as imported infections make up only around 8% of the daily caseload. Also responding to the testing requirement change, tourism sector lawmaker Perry Yu said he thinks it's good news for business travellers but won't boost Hong Kong's appeal for tourists. South Korea and Japan say North Korea has fired a suspected intercontinental ballistic missile. Tokyo says it fell in the country's exclusive economic waters west of Hokkaido. If confirmed, it will be the latest in a series of military manoeuvres by Pyongyang, raising tensions in the region. Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida, who's attending the APEC summit in Bangkok, had some tough words for its neighbour. North Korea has repeated provocative actions with unprecedented frequency. I would like to reiterate strongly that this is absolutely unacceptable. President Volodymyr Zelensky has said millions of Ukrainians are without power following Russia's latest attacks on his country's energy infrastructure. Mr Zelensky was speaking in his nightly video address to the nation. The consequences of another missile attack against Ukraine continue all day. Again, there have been emergency power outages in addition to planned ones. As of now, more than 10 million Ukrainians are without electricity. Russian missile strikes yesterday hit targets including gas fields and residential buildings. Earlier, the EU warned that the destruction of Ukraine's critical civilian infrastructure was reaching crisis point. A fire in a densely populated refugee camp in the Gaza Strip has killed at least 21 people, many of them children. The number of deaths at the Jabalia refugee camp is expected to rise. This report from the BBC's Yolan Nell. People living nearby said they could hear screaming but couldn't reach the victims to offer help because of the intensity of the fire. A local security official told the BBC that an initial investigation suggested there was a gas leak from the kitchen. A neighbour said that the family used a generator and kept large amounts of diesel fuel at home. Deadly fires, often caused by candles, have become a regular occurrence in Gaza because of severe power shortages. These are linked to the blockade imposed on the territory by Israel and Egypt and internal Palestinian political disputes. To business news, the general manager of a fintech company that specialises in cryptocurrencies and blockchain says he would support the regulation of cryptocurrency markets following the fallout surrounding FTX. Jesse Coe from Blockchain Solutions said most of the people trading in these marketplaces tend to be younger with a higher risk tolerance and are not interested in trading with traditional financial markets. Speaking to RTHK's Backchat programme, he said there should be more regulation of cryptocurrency markets, but they should be open to everyone. With this happening, and I do agree that there should be more regulations, but there should be more regulations that is you know, retail friendly and not just institutional investors, because you can't stop people from going and investing what they want. So might as well make it you know, retail friendly so that people won't be pushed to these you know, unregulated exchange. I do agree there should be more regulations, but 
open to everyone instead of let's say oh you need to be a BPI a professional investor and and then because precisely if you just block out a bunch of people then people would just go into unregulated exchange. Also on the same program was Porig Walsh, a partner at Tanner DeVitt. He said regulation would be the problem and the solution, adding that there should be regulations tailored to specific products. He also warned against knee-jerk reactions. Regulation and law in general, it's a very, very blunt instrument. Mm. And it has unintended effects in respect of the growth and development of an industry. This is where, in terms of, you know, in terms of what kind of regulation is needed, you need to take a medium to long-term view, not a knee-jerk reaction. So the, the, the idea that regulation will come fast, to me, that's a concern. In sports news, Senegal's African Footballer of the Year, Sadio Mane, has been ruled out of the World Cup. The Bayern Munich forward will require surgery after injuring his right leg in a German league match last week. More from the BBC's John Bennett. The news was delivered by Manuel Alfonso, who's the Senegal Football Association doctor, and he said he's been liaising with the doctors at Bayern Munich, Sadio Mane's current club. He's been over to see Sadio um, to find out how serious this injury was, and basically they redid the test today after this injury that he suffered earlier this month in that match against Werder Bremen. He came off initially, Bayern Munich was saying, we don't think the injury is serious. Then it became clear it was a lot more serious than was first thought, but he was added to the Senegal squad, so there was a hope that maybe he'd miss a few games and then he'd return if Senegal got to the last 16 or the quarterfinals. But today, Manuel Alfonso said the results of this new test, they, they weren't good at all. And sadly, it won't be possible for Sadio Mane to play at this World Cup. Denmark have been banned from wearing shirts in support of universal human rights. The Danish Football Association CEO, Jakob Janssen, says progress has been made on the treatment of migrant workers, but the job is not done. There's still plenty of room for improvement, and what we're doing is on the one hand side focusing on the football for our players, and on the second hand side focusing on me as a CEO and the political leadership of the Danish FA, continuing with the critical dialogue that we've been having with Qatari authorities and others since 2015 in order to try to improve the conditions of migrant workers further. The 2018 World Cup winners France have arrived in Qatar ahead of their title defence after a difficult build-up, as we hear from the BBC's Ben Croucher. The build-up has been dominated by the injury to their forward, Christopher Nkunku, ruled out of the World Cup the day before they flew out to Qatar after a mistimed tackle by Eduard Camavinga in training. This has now become a worryingly common trend. Camavinga has been subjected to racist abuse on social media. The French Football Federation said it condemned the attacks in the strongest possible terms and was in full support of Eduardo Watson. Kunku himself moved to defend his teammates, saying he'd been unfairly targeted. In this section here, he says the World Cup must be a moment of togetherness and not division. To tennis, where Rafa Nadal has ended his season with a much-needed victory at the ATP Tour Finals in Turin. Nadal, who's the top seed in the absence of the injured world number one, Carlos Alcaraz, was already out of the tournament after losing his first two matches of the round-robin stage, but goes home with a consolation win after beating Norway's Kasper Ruud, who's already qualified for the semi-finals. Nadal won 7-5-7-5 and, despite his early exit in Turin, says it's still been a great year. 2022, even if it had been a, a tough uh, six months, uh, 
two Grand Slams, uh, finishing the year in a, in a high spot on the ranking. So, uh, you know, can't complain at all. No, at my age, uh, be able to achieve and be competitive, uh, you know, means a lot to me. Taylor Fritz has qualified for the last four in Turin. The American overcame Canada's Felix Auger-Aliassim in three sets and will join Kasparud in the semi-finals. New York Yankees slugger Aaron Judge, who belted an American League record 62 home runs, has been named baseball's American League most valuable player, ahead of Angel star Shohei Otani. Judge broke Roger Maris's iconic single-season American League home run record, leading Major League Baseball not only in homers, but also runs batted in 131, total bases 391, and runs scored 133. Back to local news, the Hong Kong Toilet Association says the overall hygiene of public washrooms has definitely improved after refurbishment efforts. The group has listed the best three public toilets as being those at The Peak, Stanley and Rumsey Street in Central, which have been renovated over the past two years. Yet former chairman Alex Choi, who graded the washrooms, says management is more important than upgrading the hardware. There are two in some triple. Both are newly renovated. One is properly managed, which is still in a very good condition. The other is actually... It is it's quite bad. I mean, usually, typically in the bad condition, usually it's bad smell because they don't really, the, the, the flushing is not kind of complete. They don't flush and then there's no people there to help them to flush toilets so that create a bad smell, bad floor. All these are kind of commonplace and then litter all over the places. Even if the hardware, if you do not manage, if these things happen all the time, it still is very bad. Residents visiting Chim Sa Choi's clock tower might notice something unusual, an eight-metre-tall red gummy bear with horns and a tail holding a prison sign that reads Department of Confections, Hong Kong. The exhibition, called Tick Tock, Tick Tock, features a large-scale model of a piece of artwork by New York artist Wisby from his Vandal Gummy series. Speaking on RTHK's Backchat programme, he explained what the inspiration behind the artwork was and what it means. Behind the Vandal Gummy series is Innocence Lost, and it's juxtaposing the innocence of the gummy bear against Department of Corrections to create a narrative of kind of what happened. And I don't like to tell people what to think, especially when it comes to artwork, but I like to create a platform for a dialogue and pose a question for a story that they can create on their own. And so the date on the bear represents a significant turning point in my life, and I like people to think of a day in their life that was significant that may have turned or changed them being exactly where they are today, or maybe they wouldn't be if it wasn't for that day. And finally, the weather forecast. It'll be mainly fine with moderate easterly winds. The outlook sunny periods over the weekend, but becoming cloudier gradually with a few showers in the following few days. Currently, the observatory, 27 degrees Celsius, humidity 67%. News and weather, RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3.
1975 and I'm in love with you. Great to be with you for a Friday afternoon. It's the brew with me, Phil Whelan. For another 42 minutes, which I'm going to fill full with Danny Hicks in just a little while because it's sports and all. It's all about the World Cup today. Hours until it all kicks off in earnest. By the way, we'll be doing World Cup sports reports on Backchat right at the end every morning throughout the tournament with Adam Jones. Tune in at about 9.25. Today's overture day, basically. Great David now and Galantis. Every part of me 